We will read, first of all, this evening, the text for the sermon, which is Hebrews 11, verse 31. And then we'll go back to Joshua 2 and read the history of the account. Hebrews 11, verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. We read now the Word of God in Joshua, the second chapter. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, And said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whether the men went, I wot not, I know not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax which he had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my Father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be, when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. And she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall. And she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, Thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou dost let us, didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother, and thy brethren, and all thy father's household, home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless." 
And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us swear to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came unto the mountain, and abode there three days, until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned, and descended from the mountain, and passed over, and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant word. May God add His blessing upon the reading of His holy scriptures. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the former harlot, Rahab would be listed among the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 calls attention to the absolute sovereignty and grace of God in salvation. God will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And there is no one and there is nothing that will prevent God from graciously gathering, defending, and preserving unto himself his church, which has been chosen by him from before the foundations of the world. There is no sin that is too great that it would prohibit the grace of God from bringing that person unto Himself. That the harlot would be redeemed. And that proud Jericho, with its thick, seemingly impenetrable walls, and with its mighty warriors, would be slaughtered, is an evidence of the omnipotence and the mysterious ways of God. That this woman is called, even in the New Testament, thousands of years after she was forgiven her sins, a harlot, is in no way to besmear her reputation, but it is to magnify the grace of our God, Jehovah, saved this woman. Rahab's faith. We'll first see the faith given unto her. Second, how she revealed that faith through her actions. She received the spies with peace. And then third, that faith rewarded as she perished not with them that believed not. For us to understand the faith of Rahab, we do well to understand something of the context, the place in which Rahab lived. Rahab lived in the city of Jericho. 
Jericho is not mentioned by name in Hebrews 11, verse 31, but it is spoken of with these words, them that believed not. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. And so what do we know of this city, Jericho? We know that Jericho was a fortified city with thick, strong walls going all around it to protect it from any enemies that would try to break into the land. And it was with good reason that the city of Jericho was so well fortified because Jericho had strategic significance for the land of Canaan. Jericho was located in the southeast corner of the land of Canaan. So if you can think of the Jordan River as it flows from the Sea of Galilee and it goes down and empties into the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea, right at the place where the Jordan River emptied into the Salt Sea just inside of the river, in between the river and the Mediterranean Sea is where this city, Jericho, was located. And thus it had strategic significance for the land of Canaan because if any enemy would try to come from the eastern side, cross the river Jordan, and break into the land of Canaan, it would be necessary that they make their way first past this city Jericho and conquer that city. And so understanding its importance for the protection of the land of Canaan, this city had constructed around it thick and strong walls. So thick and so strong were these walls that entire homes could be built in and on these walls, one of which was the home of Rahab. But what stands out about the city Jericho, as it's referenced in Hebrews 11 verse 31, is not so much the physical strength of the city or the warriors whose duty it was to defend the city, but what stands out about the city Jericho was her moral character or her lack thereof. She is described in Hebrews 11 verse 31 as them that believed not. And that word believed not means literally them that were disobedient. That's how the word, that same word translated here as believed not is elsewhere translated in Scripture. Romans 10.21 as an example. But to Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying, obstinate people. And so the people of Jericho were known then for being a lawless people. They had become a law unto themselves, and every man in that city did that which was right in his or her own eyes. It was a city that was filled with adulterers, with Sabbath desecrators, with thieves, with robbers, with those who coveted, and with those who lusted. It was a city renowned for its open walking in sin and violation of the good commandments. And thus, Jericho was a city that had become ripe for judgment. It was a city that had developed and grown in its wickedness to the point now where as God from heaven above looked upon this city, He was ready to destroy it. And it soon would be destroyed when the Israelites would come into the land and Circle it for seven days straight. Jericho 
with all of her wickedness and lawlessness and disobedience and faithlessness is typical of the world. As the world becomes ripe for judgment, as the world fills up that cup of iniquity, and as the world in the judgment day will stand before Jehovah God and have no excuse for their wickedness as they stand before Him. We must remember with regard to this coming destruction of Jericho that they would be destroyed because of their unbelief and because of their disobedience. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. And it was because they did not believe that the inhabitants of Jericho would be destroyed, would be literally slaughtered, killed by God. I say it's important for us to remember that they would be killed because of their unbelief, because it has happened and continues to happen that some paint the occupation of the Israelites in the land of Canaan in a different light than what the Scriptures speak of the Israelites occupying Canaan. There are some who would paint this picture of the residents of the land of Canaan as being the innocent victims. The story according to them, goes this way, that there were these innocent people who were living peacefully in the land of Canaan. They had settled there in the land. They had built up homes. They had gardens. They had built walls around their cities to protect themselves from the enemies. And then there comes this nomadic group. And this wandering group comes up to Canaan, and this wandering group believes that they have the right to live in the land of Canaan. And that it's their duty to occupy the land of Canaan. And so then this nomadic group comes and they interrupt the peace of the land of Canaan. And they even go out with the purpose of genocide. Attempting entirely to wipe out all of the occupants of the land of Canaan. And so the story is told of these poor Canaanites who were living so peacefully and so innocently in the land of Canaan, who then are wiped out by this nomadic group of Jews who come and who claim that they have divine right to enter into the land, and who believe that they even have the right to take the sword unto themselves and to kill the occupants of the land of Canaan. We do well to be ready to answer that. And the answer that we give unto them is found right here in Hebrews 11, verse 31. They weren't innocent. But they were them that believed not. God had sufficiently revealed Himself to the citizens of Jericho, so that the people of Jericho knew better. And they were now without excuse. Because of their lawlessness, they would perish. A representative citizen of this wicked city of Jericho was the harlot Rahab. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Some have attempted to tone down the bluntness, the grossness of the occupation that Rahab had chosen. The way that they try to tone it down is by saying that it's a mistranslation to say that she is a harlot. But a better way of translating it is by saying that she is a hostess or an innkeeper. 
But the King James Version is correct in its translation. She was indeed a harlot. And the original Greek makes it even more vivid than what our translation gives. The word in the Greek is porne, from which we receive our word pornography. Could otherwise be translated as prostitute. That was the occupation that Rahab had chosen for herself. She used her body for illicit purposes. She sold her womanly honor in order to satisfy the base desires of the carnal men found in this wicked and lawless city of Jericho. There was evidently no want of customers, so that regularly there would be seen men going up the wall to the home of this known harlot throughout the city, leaving, and another man coming then to take the place of the former. Some men, perhaps sheepishly, under the cover of darkness. Other men, arrogant and bold, in their sinfulness, would come and visit this sinner in the city. We do well as we think upon the sinfulness of Rahab to consider what a temptation yet to this day the harlot presents to God-fearing men and God-fearing women. Ecclesiastes tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. And what proved to be a temptation too much to bear for the citizens of the city of Jericho still proves to be too much a temptation for even confessing Christians. There's a difference between then and today The difference between then and today is back then, the men had to go, either sheepishly or arrogantly, to the home of the harlot. Today, the harlot comes to your home. And the way the harlot comes to your home is through the internet and through the television. Man no longer has to sheepishly sneak out to find this woman. She's right there in the home. How strong is the temptation of the harlot? She hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Proverbs 7, verse 26. May God give young men and young women, old men and old women, the ability to see this temptation, the desire to resist this temptation, the courage to flee the harlot and the humility when necessary to reach out for help to resist that temptation. The Scriptures tell us that wicked though this woman was yet, she was a child of God. She was given faith. 
by faith. The harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. At what point was Rahab given faith? The scriptures do not lay that out for us, but we may safely presume that at some point prior to the arrival of the spies, the Jewish spies, to the city of Jericho, that she had her heart quickened by the Spirit of God, that she was given the gift of grace, of that union with God, by which she looked for and anticipated the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. Why do we say that it was likely at some point prior to the arrival of the men in the city? Two reasons for that. The first place is the commentary that the writers of Hebrews gives on this. Hebrews says at the end of the verse that she had received the spies with peace. She received the spies in a peaceful way. And the fact that she received the spies with peace indicates that at the point that the spies came to the city, already her heart had been transformed and she was made to be right with God. Otherwise, she would not have received the spies with peace, but she likely could have received the spies for ulterior motives and an attempt to continue her illicit trade. She would have received the spies to tempt them to entice them. But the fact that she received the spies with peace indicates that already she has had regeneration, conversion in her heart. But in the second place, we may safely presume that she had already been given faith prior to the arrival of the spies because of the confession of faith that she gave to the spies when they were in her home. It's a beautiful confession that she gives in Joshua 2, verses 9 through 11. The spies have come. She's hid the spies, put them up in the roof. She she has sent off the soldiers uh, of the king. They've gone out of the city now. And then she goes back up to the spies who are hidden. Verse 9 And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And then jumping down to verse 11, the second half, For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth, beneath. The fact that Rahab would be ready to make such a beautiful and genuine confession unto the spies indicates that God had previously worked in her heart a knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jehovah as God. God was the one who had given unto her this Faith. This is a testimony, is it not, to the sovereign power of God. For how else could one explain that this promiscuous woman has been made to believe in God? How else can it even be understood that she would even have known about Jehovah God? She lives in the midst of a wicked, lawless city. As yet, there have been no prophets of the Lord who have come unto that city. As of yet, Rahab does not have the Scriptures, the canon of the Word of God given unto her. And yet, somehow, Rahab knew about the Lord God and confessed that He is God in heaven above. Likely, the only exposure that Rahab had had to Jehovah God was through the reports that were brought to Jericho. 
The citizens of the land of Canaan began to hear about what this nomadic group of Jews was doing. They had heard how they had gone into battle against Sihon and against Og and against how they, and how they had killed and slaughtered those enemies. They had heard about how God had 40 years earlier delivered the Israelites out of the captivity of Egypt and had brought them through the Red Sea as by dry ground. And as that word trickled into the land of Canaan, there were two different responses to that word. The one response, which was the overwhelming response of most of the inhabitants of Canaan, was that of fear. Our hearts trembled as we heard of what Jehovah God did through this nomadic nation. But the other response... The response of Rahab was that of faith. As Rahab heard about what God did to his people, God used that as the means by which she was brought to a saving knowledge of Jehovah. We do well to remember this. That God is capable of using whatever means He pleases to save His children. God does not depend upon perfect parents to work saving faith in the hearts of His children. God does not need great and powerful men or women in the church in order for the cause of Jesus Christ to be maintained. But God works powerfully, mysteriously, and irresistibly. And oftentimes God works salvation in ways that we cannot understand. One man explained it this way. He said, If you can explain the work of the Lord, then it probably wasn't the work of the Lord. God's judgments are mighty deep. He works in ways that are incomprehensible to us as human beings. Somehow, God graciously gave to Rahab a saving knowledge of Jehovah. How powerful was this work of God, and how gracious was God in giving unto her the gift of faith. What an unlikely recipient, we would say, of the love and grace of God. An unlikely recipient because she was a Canaanite, a Gentile, who is not of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, but who was an alien of the promises of God. An unlikely recipient because of where she lived. A citizen of the wicked and lawless city of Jericho, ripe for judgment. An unlikely recipient of faith because of her profession. A harlot who sold her body for the pleasure of man. But she was not beyond the reach of the grace and power of of God. This faith that was given unto Rahab became evident. She revealed it, and that is what this text speaks of. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not when she had received the spies with peace. Two spies sent out by Joshua went into the land of Canaan in order to spy out the land. 
It seems as if Rahab was waiting for them. She had already heard word of the power of God as God had delivered the Israelites through the Red Sea, as God had given unto the Israelites the victory over Sihon and over Og. And so as one reads through the historical account of Joshua 2, it seems as if Rahab, by faith, was looking out the walls of the city, waiting for these men to come. As soon as the spies came into the city, Rahab opened up her home unto them for their safety. The king over the city of Jericho heard that these two Jewish spies had come into the land. He became very concerned about this because he viewed the spies, rightly so, as a threat to the safety and the protection of the city. And so the king then sent out his soldiers. It had been reported that the spies had gone to the house of Rahab. The soldiers wasted no time going to the house of Rahab and on the door of Rahab. Rahab had anticipated that these men were coming to her house. And so prior to the soldiers coming to her house, she had taken these spies and she had hid them in the roof of her house, covered and built not with contemporary methods of roofing a home with wood and shingles, but a home that was covered with flax, a type of plant. She had hid these men in the stalks of the flax of her roof. When the soldiers then came knocking upon the door, she answered the door And she told them, yes, these men have come, but, she fabricated a story, these men have already left. They went out the city, they went out at about the time that the sun went down. And so if you go out of the city right away, and if you chase these men, pursue them, it's likely that you'll be able to find these men and capture them quickly. The soldiers believed the story of Rahab, and they took off out of the city, shutting the gates of the city behind them. And then under the cover of darkness, Rahab opened up the window of her home and let out a rope, a cord, from that window on the wall of the city, down out on the outside wall to the ground. She confessed her faith in God. She confessed of the fear that the other citizens of the city of Jericho had. The spies, having the information that they were looking for, namely that Jericho was trembling before the nation of Israel, went down out of the city and escaped. Rahab revealed her faith by her action of receiving the spies with peace. But there's more here that is revealed in the Word of God about the faith of of Rahab. You see, in Rahab receiving the spies with peace, Rahab was parting ways with the city of Jericho. Rahab was leaving behind the wickedness and lawlessness of that city, and Rahab was showing her union with, casting her lot with, the people of Jehovah. And consider the seriousness of what Rahab was doing here. If you examine this from the perspective of somebody who is an inhabitant of Jericho, let's say you are a citizen in the land of Canaan and you live in Jericho, and that you love and are thankful for this home that you have, and for the safety that you enjoy within the walls of Jericho. What would have been, I ask of you, the patriotic thing for Rahab to do when these spies 
from the land of, from the nation of Israel came into the city of Jericho. If Rahab had been primarily concerned about her allegiance unto the land of Canaan and her faithfulness as a citizen of the city of Jericho, then Rahab should have slammed her door shut when the spies came into the town. And if she had taken the spies into her house, she should have immediately turned those spies over when the soldiers came knocking on the door. But Rahab revealed her faith by parting ways with the city of Jericho. Rahab, by receiving the spies with peace, became a traitor. This was the highest act of treason that one could have done in welcoming in these spies whom you know are going to lead an attack on your own land. Rahab revealed her faith and that her allegiance was not ultimately in her native home and land, but her allegiance was with God and with the people who followed Jehovah God. The emphasis of the Scriptures is on the activity of Rahab's faith. Rahab had a living, active, vibrant, Faith, and that faith was revealed by her works. The text, Hebrews 11, verse 31, does not say that by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not when she made a confession of faith. The text does not put the emphasis simply on Rahab having an intellectual understanding of who God is. The text does not put the emphasis upon Rahab simply making a confession with her mouth of who God is. But the text emphasizes that the faith of Rahab is revealed by her activity of receiving the spies with Peace. James, under the inspiration of the Spirit, teaches this as well. James 2, verse 25. Likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? And the idea here is not that James is teaching that Rahab was justified by works over against being justified by faith. But what James is teaching unto us is that one's faith is revealed by their works. And the faith that Rahab had, that union that she had as she was grafted into her Lord and her Savior was not a faith that could simply be hid in her heart. But it was a faith that became evident unto others. It was a faith that required her to risk even her own life. Consider if Rahab had been found out for hiding and receiving the spies with peace. It was a faith that required of Rahab that she part ways with her city and with the land that she had lived in. It was a faith that required of Rahab that she cast her lot with the people of God. A faith by which she was not only united unto the living God, but by which she was knit together with the body of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, may God give unto you and unto me as well that same type of living, vibrant, active faith. 
A faith that is not only concerned about being doctrinally and dogmatically correct. A faith that is not exclusively concerned about having all of the doctrines squared away. But a faith that reveals itself in the way that we live so that it cannot be hid from the neighbor that we belong unto Jesus Christ and that we've been bought with His precious blood. Faith. Faith is a power in your heart. Faith is a power by which you with Rahab of old break with the world. Faith is a power by which you are united unto Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ. Faith, it's the ability by which we as parents are able to instruct our children in the fear and the knowledge of Jehovah God. Faith, it's the ability by which I show my love and my support for the body of Jesus Christ. Faith. It's the perspective that I have as I view the other members of the church that I want to be counted with them even as Rahab wanted to be incorporated into the nation of Israel. Faith, the power by which I trust the living God, even when it is oneself against the whole rest of the city or nation. That type of faith, God rewards. God rewarded the faith of Rahab by sparing her life. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. The children know the story. The previous verse in Hebrews 11 gives it to us in brief. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Great was the ruin and the destruction of that wicked city as God expressed His judgment upon them. But Rahab and her family were spared. Rahab had kept her word unto the spies. She had not uttered this their business unto the other inhabitants of the city of Jericho, but she had kept her mouth sealed. Then She had taken into her home upon the wall of the city her mother and her father, her brethren and her sisters. She had taken that scarlet rope and again had hung that rope out of her window as the Israelites compassed the city of Jericho for seven days. And then when that city was destroyed by God, Himself, Rahab and her family only were spared. The basis of this reward was not the faith of Rahab. It was not because Rahab was so God-fearing. It was not because Rahab had such strength of character and conviction of faith when she was being tested that then she was delivered from destruction. But the basis of this deliverance of Rahab was the gracious forbearance of God. As Rahab and her family looked ahead to the coming Emmanuel Jesus Christ, whose scarlet blood would be shed at the cross in order to cover the sins of Rahab and her family. 
How incredible then is the love and the grace of God as God delivered this Gentile woman from destruction. Consider with me Rahab, after she was delivered, would marry in the nation of Israel. Rahab would be the mother of Boaz. Boaz would be the redeemer husband who married the Moabitess, Ruth. From Boaz and Ruth would come David, king of Israel. And from the royal line of David would come Jesus. Ruth, or rather Rahab, was given by God to be one of the mothers of Jesus. All praise, glory, and honor be to God for His plan of salvation. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, we have stammered a few words about the greatness and the grace of Thy plan of salvation revealed to undeserving sinners. Father, we plead of Thee, wilt Thou deal with us even as Thou didst deal with Rahab? Wilt Thou take us into Thy covenant Wilt thou hold us under the safety and shadow of thy almighty wings? Wilt thou graciously restore us and cause the light of thy countenance to shine down upon us? Bless and keep us in the week ahead, and forgive us our sins for Jesus' sake. Amen.